They did not understand the urgency of the situation, and they chose to cling to what seemed safe and comfortable and culturally popular at the time. Rather than moving forward and putting their trust in God, in fact, they had become so comfortable in their church settings that they did not even know how to live by faith. Next, Hitler made sweeping emergency decrees because the emergency decrees allowed him and enabled the government to exert more and more control over the people without parliament approval. Do I need to explain this much further, or are we getting the the parallel here, what we've been experiencing in the last few years? Then the Nazis began to control the media and the media narrative. They would stir up fear against anyone or anything that opposed them and demonize their enemies. For just a moment, stop and think about the January 6th insurrection that was not an insurrection and about calling parents at school board meetings domestic terrorists. Then the Nazis began to completely control and silence the church. Many pastors and leaders became completely subservient to the government and to the current culture. In 1933, Bonhoeffer wrote an essay questioning what he believed the role of the church should be, especially to call to account how the Jewish people were being treated. Because what Hitler did, it was gradual, and they didn't see what the ultimate goal was. But by 1933, things had started to deteriorate. Out of 18,000 pastors in Germany at that time, only about 3,000 dared to stand against the regime and the atrocities that were being performed. And about three of those 18,000, about 3,000 pastors and religious leaders actively supported Hitler and helped to persecute the Jews in the church. Unbelievable. Everyone needs to read. There's a book called The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom. I read it when I was a kid. I was in services where, where she ministered twice. Everyone should read that book at some point because it's the Christian perspective of what was going on in the nation. And every parent at some point should read that to their children when the kids are old enough to understand. By actively supporting Hitler and inactively doing nothing to oppose him, an estimated 15 to 20 million people were killed in Europe alone. Over 6 million of them were Jews. You see, it wasn't about being involved politically, although that's what people hide behind. It was about standing for good and against evil. In their comfortable passivity, they could not or would not see and stand against the evil that was all around them. Now, if you have your Bibles, open your book to Judges. You know, some people think you have to just read through the Bible quickly every year. I think just get to a passage where God's speaking to you and stay there until you get it. And I've been stuck in Judges this year. Basically, this is a story of Israel under some of the similar circumstances of Germany. Starting in verse chapter 6, verse 1. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and so the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel, 
Because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves dens and caves and strongholds to hide in, which are in the mountains. So it was, though, whenever Israel had, whatever they had sown, the Midianites would come up, also the Amalekites, and the people of the east would come up against them. And they would camp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox, nor donkey. For they would come up against their livestock and their tents. They would close down the keystone pipeline and shut off the oil supplies. Coming in as numerous as locusts, both they and their camels were without number, and they would enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Now that's a good place to be. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites that the Lord sent a prophet, doesn't say which prophet, but he sent a prophet to the children of Israel. And he said to them, thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up out of Egypt and I brought you out of the house of bondage before. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave And gave you their land. Also I said to you. I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites. In whose land you dwell. But. You've not obeyed my voice. Now you go on. And you know the story. From here on out it talks about Gideon. How God called Gideon. And he called him to lead the people, defeat the enemy, and restore Israel. And what he just had said in verse 3 was to encourage them that he'd done it before he could do it again. But even Gideon struggled with the fact. He didn't know quite where to go or quite how to do it. But he eventually got there. And then it goes, starting, skip over to Judges chapter 7. We're going to read verses 1 through 4. Maybe I'll go a little further than that. Then Jeroboam. That is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and camped beside the well at Herod, so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give to the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Now, therefore, proclaim to the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let them turn and depart at once for Mount Gilead. And 22,000 of the people returned, and 10,000 remained. Did you ever stop and think what it felt like to be the 10? But the Lord said to Gideon, The people are still too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, the same shall go with you. And of whomever I say to you, this one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. So he brought down the people to the water. And the Lord said to Gideon, everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, was 300. They were the ones that alert and aware But all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink. Then the Lord said to Gideon, by the 300 men who have lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. 
Let all the other people go, every man to his place. And the people took provisions and their trumpets in their hands, and they set away all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, and retained those 300 men. Now, next week, I'm going to talk, we'll go on from there and finish this up probably. But we're going to stay here this morning. I want you to go back to verse 4. It says, But the Lord said to Gideon, The people are still too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. If you look up the word test, it is refine. A better definition for test there is to refine. So what God was saying to Gideon, if the people are still too many, bring them down here, and I'm going to refine them. Refine means, and I looked this up, and it's cool. Refine means to remove remove impurities, which we pretty much understood that. But it also can mean to improve something by just making small changes. I know this year we've had victories, but they've come through battles. And I know, I know you well enough. I can go through this people and... I know the battles you've been through this year, some more than others. Some of us, there's always, we're always in different seasons in our lives. But there have been a lot of battles this year. And God came ahead of time, remember, and he told him, but listen, I've delivered you out of all these kind of battles before. But sometimes when we're going through that battle, it's so close, we forget to think about those things. So 2022 for me has been a perplexing year because there have been these battles. We've had victories. I see God at work and moving, but you've got to look. You know, you can't just stumble through and not realize. He's moving, but the thing is, it hasn't been quite the way we expected it to happen. And I think that's been one of the main struggles for the body of Christ in 2022 is it just didn't happen the way we thought God should make it happen. It's been different. I don't know about you, but I've been frustrated, and I've been frustrated often. Amen. <laughs> when I get frustrated, he gets nervous. So he's been nervous a lot this year. I've seen people discouraged, not just talking church people. I really noticed it when we did Prairie, the antique show at Tilden, at Prairie Days. It was a whole different atmosphere. People were discouraged. They were disheartened. They were dis, felt disenfranchised. And that troubles me and it frustrates me. But as I've read this scripture over and over and meditated on it in the light of what's going on in our lives, I sincerely believe with all my heart that this is right where the church universal the church in the United States, the people at Harvest Church and us individually, I believe that's right where we are. We are at the river of refinement. We can't really move forward. Gideon couldn't take this army forward until they had allowed themselves to be refined, until they made those necessary just little changes that made all the difference and would allow them to move forward. 
It's a time that we need to look to God, to look to ourselves, not a time to run back and hide like they did in the dens and the caves and the mountains. First and foremost, I believe this with all my heart. It's a time to shore up our relationships with Christ. It, we can't just go running out there in an emotional flurry and not have the mind of Christ. We have to know that we know that we know that if God be for us, who can be against us? And we have to know that we know that we know who else is with us. Gideon had to know who was with him. Gideon had to, the people had to get down and find that resolve within themselves to move forward. And I, I believe that's, I believe that's why I've been so frustrated because I'm not just talking to you. In tw- we've talked about in 2019 and after the flood, for me, that was a great year. Everything just came together and we all worked together and then COVID came in 2020 that didn't even bother me I mean we just hummed through that 2021 expectation was still high and then 2022 came and reality kind of set in and I had told God the last few years and I believe most of you have too we're going forward we're not going back but then like I said, reality sits in, sets in, and you have to really find where God wants you to go, what God wants you to be, and make the necessary changes. And a lot of times they aren't big changes. It's just maybe a mindset of willingness to continue to move on forward with the things of God. And I think one of the biggest things is, you know, and here's, the, here's one of the deals. We live in a time and a season. You can go back if you want to. But it's going to take God. Times have changed. There are a lot of difficulties out there. Bigger than what we can handle in and of ourselves. It's going to take God. So we need to make sure that our relate more than anything else. We've got to make sure our relationship with God is where it should be. Not just an emotional show to try to prove somebody that you're spiritual. But you need to take time and be still. And not just talk all the time, but hear from God. And say, well, I don't know how to hear from God. Well, you got to be still. And you have to learn. It's a learning process. Learn to hear him in the little things. And the nice thing about God, have you ever been around somebody that just will latch onto you and won't stop talking? God's not like that. He just usually gives you just a little bit. Doesn't overwhelm you. Says, take this and go from there. And if you take that, usually when I hear from God, it's just a couple phrases out of a scripture. And then I have to go to the scripture and then I have to look it up. And I think that's what God wants us to do. He wants to have us at that river of refinement and say, Yeah, I want to know what you want, God. I want to go from here. And so next week, how long have I gone? Long enough. Next week, we're going to talk about the little changes. 
you know, but, but, but I don't think we can go on and, and go from here. I think too often we just flippantly, oh, pray this prayer. I, it can't be flippant anymore. It's got to be deep and it's got to be sincere and it's got to be from our hearts. And we've got to make that quality decision. You know, we all come to a point. Willie George talked about with, Willie George was a great minister that ministered, had a great ministry to kids. And he said, every time you have an altar call, if that kid comes up every time, let him come. Because they reach a new level of accountability, a new level of understanding. And I think that's what we, we don't do. We, we come, our lives change. Our culture has changed. Things around us have changed. You get older and things change. Your situation changes. And we have to take the time, each one of us, to recalibrate a little bit. We have to do that. And I think sometimes we're afraid to do that or we just don't take the time and, and we get so distracted and so busy. But I don't want to go on without God. I can't go on without God. We can't make it at this point without him. We need to be sincere in our relationship with Christ. Be frank. Be honest with him. Some people just think you have to pray, and now I lay me down to sleep prayer. You can just talk to God. He is your heavenly father. Be frank, be honest, but then learn to listen what he has to say. We've heard a lot about a term of rhinos, Republicans in name only. I just termed, made a new term this week, and I call it trinos, Christians in name only. I don't want to be a Christian in name only. What does God, like Bonhoeffer said, what does God really want me to be? Does not mean you have to run for the school board. It doesn't mean you have to come to church every day. It doesn't mean you have to put on a show to act like you're spiritual. It means you need to take the time to develop and have a real relationship with your Heavenly Father. And if you don't know how, you know, the Holy Spirit, the name of the Holy Spirit is helper and comforter. So you can just, Holy Spirit, man, I need your help. I need your help today. I'm discouraged. I need your help. I don't know quite where to go or what to do or how to do it. I need your help. Should I say something and speak up or should I just shut up for once? We need to recalibrate. We all need to do that at some point in our lives. Periodically, we need to take the time to refresh the direction of our lives. So I'm just going to ask you this morning to stand up. Everybody here, just stand up. Not going to make you do anything. But I'm going to ask, I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to ask that this week, take a few minutes sometime and think about where you're at. Think about where you're going. Think about where you want to go. And please, just allow God into your lives in that area. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. I believe, Father, that we are at the river of refinement. Father God, we thank you that you are the great refiner.
And I understand, Father God, that you don't want to refine us so we can be defeated. You refine them at the river so they could go forward. Father, I thank you within each and every person here is a desire to serve you. And Father, I pray this week, help each one of us look deep down in our hearts and look to you, Father, for that strength, that encouragement, and the direction that we need from here on out. Father God, we cast all of our care upon you, and we thank you that you do, in fact, care for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, everything she said... Right. Amen. Does anyone here today need prayer for your physical body? Amen. What's going on? Ear infection. We'll pray for your ears. Father, in the name of Jesus, we loose healing anointing into those ears. Thank you, Lord, for full, supernatural, speedy recovery. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Well, I hope you were encouraged. I was. Remember, Tuesday night is Patriots United at 7, and then Wednesday night at 6, and Wednesday night is 7, prayer here, and then we're going to wing it. Remember? Have fun. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Always call.